0: Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Elizabeth Tripp. Elizabeth is a New York City-based lifestyle design coach and spiritual teacher. As a featured radio talk show host on Talk Radio NYC, a Thrive Global contributor, and a national public speaker, Elizabeth is recognized as a thought leader in spirituality, well-being, and prosperity early childhood experiences can make you or break you. Well, today I'm having a conversation with Elizabeth Tripp, who realized where negative beliefs were taking her and turned her life around. If you have some nagging old beliefs preventing you from being, doing, and having more, you're going to love this conversation. Here's Elizabeth. Okay everybody, so we have Elizabeth Tripp with us today and we are going to be talking about creating a lifestyle you love because what happens is we may have the best of intentions and go about creating this lifestyle and we get a little bit derailed, a little bit sidetracked when we have a betrayal, when we have uh, an experience that, that is just painful, but Elizabeth is here to show us the way out of it and through it. So
1: welcome Elizabeth Oh, thank you, Debbie. I'm I'm very grateful to be here and be of service of your community. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: So, so let's just start with um, when someone wants to create a lifestyle they love, what are some of the obstacles that may have gotten in the way that prevented them from that in the first place? Like, mm. let's just start there and then see where we wind up.
1: Yeah. A lot of times people feel like, you know, I had this dream when I was, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years prior to where I am at this very moment. And I thought, you know, oh, my life was going to look like this. And I was going to have this house and this car and these kids and this partner. And truly I've woken up and realized I'm unhappy. I feel unfulfilled. I may even have the house or the car and the kids, but I don't feel truly like I'm connected to why I'm here and the meaning for my life. And so they've created something that they truly aren't fully in love with. And that's where they can come to me and we can look at in a more deeper sort of uh, perspective. Well, what is it about what you've been thinking and feeling about your life that has been creating this sort of disconnect from what you desire and what you truly see in front of you? And that's how we begin the journey.
0: And I see this all the time because we think that things will get better when we have the, the house, the car, the relationship. And then we do. And then when it's not, it's like, oh, what what happens now? And and then I, I, I also see the other side of that where we may have those things or we or we don't have those things. But figuring out what's going to have us feel fulfilled seems like such a big thing tasks. So we numb, you know, we'll use food or, food or alcohol, right. So how do you see that showing up in the people you work with?
1: Oh yeah. You know, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, in my, in my lifestyle, I'm binge eating, or I feel like I always need a drink after I get done with work, or I've lived many years where I just love to buy and shop. And now I'm in so much debt that it's even scary for me to even be able to say yes to working with you. You know, I just don't know how I'm going to afford it when I've put so much of my time and energy into spending, you know? And so people really struggle with these big kind of roadblocks that seemingly have shown up as they are in these spaces of feeling like they don't know why they're here and what's the purpose of their life. And they're pushing down all the anxiety and overwhelm that tends to show up or come from these kinds of feelings with food or alcohol. Or, or irrational spending or, Debbie, even relationships one right after another that seemingly don't work out. Yeah,
0: for sure. How do you get them to know that's what they're doing? Are they willing to see that? I imagine by the time they're, they're working with you, they're willing to take a look. But how do you get them to really see what they're doing?
1: Yeah, it's a really beautiful technique. Um, It's something that is very uh, innovative and transformative, but essentially, you know, I have these special uh, abilities to be able to really hear deeply into what's going on with a person, Um, not just on a, a mental and emotional level, but also on a spiritual level, on a soul level. So when people come to work with me, I actually am really tuning into their soul's essence, and I'm seeing their adventure in life as a soul's journey. So there's something that they've come to learn and understand about themselves as they have been now in a in a challenge or inside of what could be something that feels painful or hurtful for them. So I always know I say this is happening for a good reason for them and it's just my job to ask them the right questions that can gently guide them back into places within their life where they may have started to formulate opinions about themselves or the world that actually started to create limits or barriers or more pain for them that they just didn't know how to deal with. And now they've been faced with a two by four, you know, something that keeps hitting them in the face people who keep leaving, or a body that keeps growing, or simply a debt that just never seems to end. And usually people are coming to me when they've reached what they consider rock bottom. And then, which
0: is a wonderful space because there's nowhere to go but up. So thoughts, let's talk about how thoughts create reality. Because when someone has a negative experience, it is so easy to go over it and over it and over it and over it. And we And then we become sort of hardwired to just keep going over it and over it. And we don't realize that by the time something manifests physically, there's so much going on mentally and emotionally. So walk us through that whole process so we really see what we're doing and then we can find a way out of it.
1: Sure. And I think this could be a great spot to just introduce my story because it's a great example of how I created an opinion of myself or a thought and it changed my life. So when I was about 13 years old, I remember walking down my middle school hallway and I was at the height I am now. I'm five feet, six inches. And I weighed though a lot more than I do today. I was about 175 pounds. And I was bigger than the other girls. I was bigger than the other kids in my grade. And I remember getting to my locker one morning as a 13-year-old. And I remember turning the combination. I was left and right, four, eight. You know, you can remember those numbers. And I remember seeing something slip out of the the top of my locker and land on the ground. It was was a loose-leaf piece of paper. And I thought, what is that? And I went to bend down and pick it up. And as I opened it up, Debbie, I saw this hand-drawn image of a school bus. And my whole body froze because I began to see in clearer image the words, Elizabeth, you're as big as a bus. Uh. Right on that sheet of paper. And it was almost simultaneously I heard the sound of teenage boys snickering behind me. And my spine began to burn and I felt in my chest, a weight just starting to crush down at my heart. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it was just right in that moment, I remember saying to myself, why am I so ugly? And I had been teased by these boys for almost a year, but nothing to this degree. They had just whispered things in my ears and said, you know, you're fat, but this really hurt me. And I remember just feeling so embarrassed, but the thought was so strong. Why am I so ugly?
0: And for those of you who are, who are listening, Elizabeth is beautiful. I mean, it's as if it's not hard enough to be 13, something like that. And it it, it can stay with you for life. So, so what happened after that? I mean, what did you do with that feeling and that emotion?
1: Yeah, well, as we were talking about thoughts or things, they create our reality. You know, you can hear I made an opinion of myself based off of those boys teasing me. And it was so concrete for me. It was like, I am ugly. And I remember going home that day and laying in my bed. And I just remember thinking, what am I going to do about myself? I need to be fixed. I'm broken. Nobody's going to love me. Nobody's going to like me. Can you hear all the other thoughts that start to boil up as I feel ashamed, embarrassed, as I feel so disgusting? And I came to a place that day where I said, I'm going to change myself. I'm going to prove to other people that I can be beautiful. And I remember looking at the magazine and I said, This is the way that the world sees beauty. I have to be skinny have to look like what these models in the magazine appear like. And I made another choice. I'm going to prove to other people I can be beautiful. Except Debbie, in making that choice, I didn't realize that I would have to adopt the standard of beauty of our culture and I'd have to actually take on everybody else's thoughts and opinions of what being beautiful was and essentially really disconnect from who I was inside and I spent mm, 17 years trying to fix myself with every single diet with every single weight loss program and taking personally so much the opinions of other people as they saw my body I got to be 117 pounds I was real thin and people said Elizabeth you're beautiful but the thing is my mind it was like why are they lying? Mm. I still had ugly thoughts. I still saw myself as not beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead and you. Yes, yeah.
0: so so now here you are looking for every external sort of way to fix you. We think we're broken, of course we're never broken, bent, you know. And and then at what point did you realize I've I've tried all these things. I've tried all of these things to, to allow me to, to feel better and to help me feel better. And then, you know, we always come back to that at some point. It's an inside job.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because you know what I started to to realize, Debbie, as I was venturing through this 17-year journey of trying to fix myself and giving everyone the power, right, to, to decide what that meant for me, what size I should be, how I should dress, what I should do for a profession, who I should date. Seemingly, in every experience that I got into, my jobs, my relationships, they all turned out to be so ugly, you know? they 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 all turned out to be such painful hard and trying experiences it was as though i was attracting exactly what i felt inside especially mm-hmm. in my relationships i dated two people in my 20s back to back and both of them said to me i just don't see a future with you mm-hmm. And it was the hardest thing because we struggled so much in these partnerships with insecurity and frustrations and blaming and, and trying to make the other one better. And if you just did this and it was so messy.
0: Yeah. And it was like, that's what was going on inside your mind and inside your heart. And there was the mirror.
1: There you. was the mirror.
0: Right. So at what point did you realize, well, you know, uh, these people are showing me what, what what truly uh, is my own creation here.
1: Well, it took a, it took a little while, you know, like I mentioned before, I had to get some two by fours and really essentially what that means is things had to go upside down in my life. So I was living in New York city. I was, um, I was practicing actually as a registered dietitian. As you, as you have heard, I was very focused on my body and food and it seemed, uh, this is an easy profession, uh, yet I felt like a fraud. You know, I was sitting across from the table telling people how to live lifestyles and change their bodies and fix themselves. And I was on the weekends partying and um, on the weekdays doubling up on exercise routines to try to compensate for everything I was doing on Friday and Saturday night. I was miserable. And I was in a relationship with someone who kept on and off and back and on and we're together and we're not. And I felt so insecure and unsafe. Is he cheating? Is he really wanting to be with me? Maybe if I just were more beautiful, we could just, you know, make it work. Or how do I get him to stay? And one day he said, I just can't be with you. And here I was almost 30. I had imagined I was supposed to have a house and kids, a car, a husband, And I was being broken up with for the second time in eight years. No ring on my finger. Hated what I was doing. Would look in the mirror and think how disgusting I am. I was so unhappy. And I remember sitting on my couch, tears just streaming down my face. No one's ever going to love me. What is the point of being here? And it was in this moment I actually thought, why not just take my own life? What does it matter? And I thought about it a lot. I thought about a plan, how to do it, how it was gonna get done. And you know, the wildest thing happened, Debbie. So I'm sitting here in my apartment in New York, closed off from the world, not wanting to see anyone, so sad inside. A friend comes to me. She says, Elizabeth, something is really going on. And I don't know why, but I feel like I need you to meet someone. And I said, who, you know, who do you want me to meet? And she said, well, he calls himself a healer and I've been working with him. And I really, you know, it's transforming my life. And I said, okay, well, where are they? And she said, well, we have to get in the car. <laughs> and that's like, okay. And she's like, we got to drive to the beach. And I said, well, okay, where are we going? And she's like, we're going to go to Virginia beach. And
0: I these said, are the li- these little angels that show up just when we need them. Isn't that amazing?
1: It's amazing. Well, like I was about to say, it was like this voice inside my head was like so quiet, but it said, go. And I listened. So that weekend I packed my things up. I was so sad and depressed. She tried to get the music going and drive and I just wanted to stare out the window. But I remember getting there. And I remember parking into this just normal looking house in a normal looking neighborhood. And this normal looking guy who was at Malaysian came outside and he said, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> me? I was like, me? You've been waiting for me? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And he said, you've been wanting to be powerful for a long time. And just that statement, it hit me in my soul. I just started crying. I had no idea why. And here I am in front of a complete stranger, but it was true. How did he know this about me? And he said, come on inside. And that began my first session with my mentor, my teacher. And there he helped me understand how those teenage boys back when I was 13 years old played an important part in my soul's journey in learning what true beauty really is. And that I could give myself permission to let go of the pain and the hurt and choose to see myself as beautiful again.
0: And it really is a choice, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. These thoughts are so powerful. And I think so often we confuse facts with beliefs. Beliefs can be dismantled. A fact yeah. cannot gravity throw something up, it's coming down. Yeah. But a belief is just, and I and I explain it as the repetition of an idea from someone you trust. Someone said something to you enough times, and then we took it on and then said it to ourselves that much more and it becomes a belief. But that doesn't mean we have to keep it. It doesn't mean it serves. So what were some things that he did with you to have you uh, be open to questioning your own beliefs and then getting rid of them and, and letting them go?
1: Yeah, he just shined a super bright light on the opinions that I had created about myself in relationship to other people's reaction or what they had said to me. And he made it seem so simple. It was like, okay, my eight-year-old or nine-year-old or 10-year-old self, of course they would make that conclusion. Of course they would say, you know, oh, I must be ugly or there's something wrong with me because what other reference or point of context do I have? Mm -hmm. And my parents so beautiful. I chose them so well. They didn't know how to always manage my emotion. They just said, get over it or you'll be fine. And so here I was, creating my own story as a 10 year old that became my adult life. And it was just that easy.
0: Right. And then how did you, when you started looking at things differently, tell it, walk us through the difference in how you started to feel and oh, what showed up because of it. Yeah.
1: Well, I left that X you know, who had broken up with me so many times, I finally found peace. I finally could let him go. And that was such a huge weight off of my shoulders because I had carried the sadness and the pain from that relationship. And I started to see my life more clearly. It's like, I don't just wanna tell people how to eat. There's something deeper going on here. There's something more underneath the surface that drives them to do what they're doing. I want to help people on a more meaningful level. And I began to actually think about creating my own practice. And here within six months of working with my mentor, I quit my nine to five. I quit the X and I began my journey of walking in my true life's calling. I began trip.com, live your life by your design. And I started to actually build a beautiful client base of people who wanted to transform and find out who they were through their relationship with themselves.
0: So, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, the, the hero's journey and in, you know, in that dark night of the soul. And I think it is just, it serves as, such a wonderful wake-up call Mm. to realize what we're doing, who we're being, how we're living. And it takes us out of the numbness and the sleepwalking through life. And 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 what I find is so many people don't like getting uncomfortable. And they will do anything to prevent being uncomfortable. But it's only in that discomfort Do we get agitated enough to start taking a look at what may be, you know, what may be waiting, waiting for us? And, you know, it's, it's the, I look at it and if you look back and I invite everybody, every viewer, every listener, when you look back at your experiences in life that were so traumatic back then, that's the catalyst for transformation, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like with your, the experience of that, of that note that fell yep. out, that was, you know, and, and on a soul level, did you, was that something that kind of was so perfect? Yes. So yes. perfect, right? Like here, I look at my betrayals as so perfect and it seems so flippant and crazy. Yeah. It's so traumatic, but, but when you're out the other side and you look back, you're like, well, of course I need F- to go through all of those things. Yep. How on earth could I have ever gotten to where I am now? So give us some examples maybe of, of things like that, like, you know, in my case, let's say the betrayal, in your case, the, the, the note, things like that, that can, that serve as that catalyst for transformation. Are there are there things that come to mind with some of your clients?
1: Yeah, you like you're speaking of, usually there's at least one or two incidents that have happened for someone that they are still carrying within their body. So... I want the audience to really understand that the body holds a record of every single thing you've ever been through. It holds memory. So if you look back, if you scan and you think about the biggest, most hurtful event and you still have pain or you still see your body will get anxious or you see yourself actually starting to your breath laboring or you wanting to run away from it, that's the signal you need to go there.
0: That's Yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, I remember reading, I think it was called The Heart's Code, and it was with a heart transplant recipients. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible because they started taking on character characteristics from the donor. And yep. that seems so crazy. It's like someone all of a sudden is like, you know, having, you know, beer and chips. And they're like, I never even liked that before. What the heck is going on? And we don't realize how these emotions yep. and th- these thoughts and feelings are in every cell, in yes. every
1: tissue. Yes. So another thing your audience can do is they can take a look at their body right now and scan themselves and say, where are, am I feeling any aches or pains, or where is it seemingly that I'm out of balance? You know, many people come to me and say, I have a belly and I don't, I don't know how to get rid of it. I've tried everything, and I say. The belly is beautiful because it's giving you a love note from your soul. There's something you need to actually change in your thinking that's changing the way you're feeling that's creating this belly. So we need to change it and then the belly will go away. So the body will tell you, the body knows the answer. It will tell you where you need to go and what it is that you need to actually look deeper at just through any aches, pains, or disease you're currently going through right now.
0: Isn't that so amazing? Like I remember uh, having surgery in both feet for severe arthritis. They look funny. I said I've worn away all my cartilage. And then when you think of it, and I, you know, when you I could not walk. So here, isn't it, he, the universe is trying to get me to slow down, number one, Yes. Right? And fear of moving forward, right? Yes. It isn't, and listen, after betrayals, isn't that, it makes total sense. And then yes. I had such hard, I mean, six out of seven of my cervical discs are pressing on nerves. So I'm in tremendous pain mm. and doesn't, uh, and then I heard that the neck represents flexibility. hmm and being flexible and being in the flow of life, and here I am, the most impatient, <laughs> love it, type A, triple A person. So it's so perfect. It's so yes. perfect. what the body is trying to say. If we'd only listen. That's that's beautiful. Just incredible, right,
1: Elizabeth? What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Oh, you're worth it. Just that statement you're worth it. If you could just look in the mirror and say, I am worth it. I am worthy of a beautiful life. And just watch whatever comes up for you, whether your mind says, no, that's a lie, or you start to cry. That's a doorway into where you need to go to begin to believe you are worth it.
0: Beautiful. And you know what, think about it. If, if we can ask, we, we can tell ourselves we're worth it. We will save ourselves uh, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in (laughs) or whatever else. And how much time, I mean, that would just be wonderful. Where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do?
1: Uh, well, I love a community. So I love to invite people who are enjoying the podcast to come over to Facebook. I have a beautiful Facebook group. It's called Empowered Souls. We love to just share, host our own watch parties, get messages and chains going, what's happening in the community. I love to serve. So that's a wonderful interactive space as well as Instagram. You can find me at ElizabethMTrip. Uh, and of course, if you want to get to know me a little bit better, ElizabethTrip.com.
0: Wonderful. Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I know uh, that our audience picked up some amazing nuggets. So thank you.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be of service to you all. And thank you.
0: Isn't it amazing what happens when we become proactive in turning our lives around? That's when the magic happens. I'm not saying those changes are easy, but it's not fair to you to believe you're less than, unworthy, unlovable, not good enough, just not enough. Someone said these things to you and it's up to us to choose to rewire our minds so they no longer have any hold on us stay in touch with elizabeth by going to elizabethtrip.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast here's my biggest takeaway you are worth it that's what elizabeth finally realized and It was what helped turn her life around. What do you need to tell yourself? Start doing or start thinking so that you can let go of outdated, limiting beliefs and the behaviors that go along with them. It's entirely up to you. Our minds believe whatever we say, so start programming yourself with some powerful, loving, and healing thoughts. You got this. Can we help? Check out the PBT Institute membership community. Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical mind mental emotional best community support certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health mindset spirituality personal development imagine the most friendly welcoming and supportive place to become your best all online nothing like this exists and i am so excited to welcome you Just go to the pbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.